anybody say that your special interests are bad or cringe or anything like that don't listen to anybody who says that love what you love do it passionately and autistic joy is something beautiful and you deserve to feel it hello and welcome back to the pod everyone i'm alex Hello, and I'm Carly. Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. And today we have a very special guest. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Olivia. Welcome, Olivia. Hi. So nice to meet you guys and be on here with you. (laughs) We appreciate you coming on. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Pretty good. That's good to hear. (laughs) But yeah, excited and nervous at the same time, if you know what I mean. Definitely. Even though we, you know, we're still pretty new at this, getting used to interviewing and connecting with new people. It does bring those nerves. And just so you know that you're not alone, I feel Um. that as well. Sometimes I take (laughs) a little extra to like think of my questions, but um this is a safe space for you to be yourself. And we're just so grateful to share the space with you. And I'm grateful to you guys too. And it's honestly great to be in a place with other autistic women, because I still feel like they're not represented enough. So it feels very affirming. Yeah. Creating a space, you know, where people can see themselves is so important. Mm -hmm. So we're yeah. so grateful to have you on. Thank and, you very much. <laughs> yeah. And to start out, um, you, I, you know, we have a lot to talk about today, but just oh, like basis, like tell us about yourself a little bit. So my name, of course, my name is Olivia. I am 23 years old. I am going to be a grad student very soon. I'm going to study education and hope to become an ESL teacher And I'm also a freelance artist that specializes in drawing portraits of cats and um, people as cats. It's a funny little hobby that I've really grown to love. And my biggest special interests are cats, like breeds, histories, genetics, all that, color patterns, all that stuff. Um, Japan, I've, I've been studying Japanese since I was 12 years old, so that's almost half my life. Um, Incubus, my favorite band, not the demon. In fact, for those who are watching the video version, I am wearing an Incubus t-shirt. I have a huge collection of them and many other pieces of memorabilia. I guess we'll get to that though. And um, I love Doctor Who as well. The 11th Doctor is my doctor. I love how sweet and caring and childlike and how he is and how he always sees the good in people. And I really do feel like he is, as a character, is autistic. In fact, that's one of the things that drew me to Doctor Who. It just felt very relatable and affirming. (laughs) But yeah, I would like to, I would mostly like to focus on the impact that music and art have had on me as a person and my mental health, especially my experiences with um, Incubus, their music, and even meeting two of their band members. In fact, I'm actually going to be seeing them for the fourth time live uh, later this month, so I'm pretty excited about it. (laughs) That is awesome. I'm so excited for you. Um, Thank you. Tell us everything. I want to hear all okay. about it. I'm okay. I guess like I know of yeah. Incubus. I've probably uh-huh. heard some of their songs, but yeah. I would love to know like what yeah. your favorite songs are, how oh, you yeah. started <laughs> listening to the band. Like tell me all of it. <laughs> so Incubus is an American rock band. They're from Calabasas, California, which is kind of in the LA area. And they first started performing when they were only 15 years old in 1991. They did it mostly for fun, did like backyard parties and stuff. They were a garage band to start out with. Um, And the original the original band lineup consisted of um, Brandon Boyd, the front man who I absolutely look up to and love. But I'll get to that a little later. Um, Jose Pesillas, the second, the drummer, Um, Mike Einziger, the guitarist. And Alex Katunich, aka Dirk Lance, the bassist. And later they added um, 
Gavin DJ Life couple, their um, first DJ, but he was only part of their lineup for like the very early days. And then he got fired because he wasn't a nice person to work with. So after DJ Life, they hired um, Chris Kilmore, who's an incredible person. Like, I haven't gotten a chance to properly meet him, but I attended an after party when I saw them for the second time and he was DJing and we were just all having the best time. And he was like hugging people and giving autographs and taking photos with them, all that cool stuff. But they started as a garage band and as teenagers, but then as time went by, like they found their own musical style. Suddenly they found the cultural spotlight shining on them and it was their breakthrough album their third studio album called make yourself that made them really popular that like really got the public's attention and among the songs on there that really got people's attention were pardon me in fact it was an acoustic version of pardon me that first started making the rounds of the radios through k-rock which is a prominent california rock music station and the other two well-known singles are drive and um, stellar Drive is a classic. I'm sure you've heard it, even if you don't know it by name. Like, like, are you familiar with whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there. You, you, you know that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolute, absolute classic song of theirs. It's, you know, a big hit for a really good reason. But I got to say my favorite off of Make Yourself is definitely Stellar, just because I, I've always been fascinated by outer space and like the space related imagery in both the song and the music video is mesmerizing. And it's it's this really sweet love song too. like it just like the first time I listened to it, it's just so poetic that like tears were flowing down my eyes. Um, but their other albums that I especially love are um, their next one, Morning View, released in 2001. That one, um, well-known songs include Wish You Were Here, that one I've heard since I was very little, and um, Nice to Know You, and Warning, and Are You In? And after that was A Crow Left of the Murder, which they did after Dirk Lance departed the band. He did so amicably due to creative differences. Um, but after that, their bassist became Ben Kenny, a former member of The Roots. And Ben is amazing. I met him. He's incredibly talented. But this was their first album with Ben Kenny. It's called A Crow Left of the Murder. And that one, they did a huge tour for that. And they performed a set in Morrison, Colorado at the Red Rocks venue that was put on DVD. And I think it's some of the best live performance of theirs I've ever seen. Like, absolutely incredible. And the following years, um, they released several other albums, including um, Light Grenades in 2006. And they took like a break to focus on personal stuff and then released um, If Not Now When in 2011, which was a bit more kind of somber toned. And um, after touring for If Not Now When, they released an EP called Trust Fall Side A. In 2017, they collaborated with Skrillex as a producer, which made me really excited because I love EDM too. So I'm like my favorite rock group and my favorite EDM producer coming together to collaborate on an album. This is awesome. And they released eight, so named because it's their eighth studio album. Lots of really cool songs, a bit of a different style to it and a hilarious music video. <laughs> And most recently, they released um, Trust Fall Side B, and this was during lockdown that they released it. So they've had a really long musical career, and they still have such a huge and incredible fan base. And I've made so many really good friends through our shared love of music and through our shared love of art. Heck, I even made a new friend who both loves Incubus and makes Incubus fan art like I do. So that was pretty incredible. but. I owe so much to them for helping me through some of the toughest times in my life with their music and Brandon in particular, he's not just a singer and songwriter. He's also a visual artist. He draws and paints and he makes incredible um, abstract pictures. He makes beautiful portraits of women and he uses so many different mediums and he inspired me to draw again after I had quit for years because I was bullied for my art style. I had been, during lockdown in particular, I had been watching a lot of interviews he did about his own creative process and, you know, getting the courage to sell and display his art and stuff like that. And one day, you know, I kept those words in mind. And then one day as I was listening to Stellar, I just suddenly felt the urge to pick up my 
digital stylus at the time and start drawing again. So I really have, you know, Incubus in general, but also Brandon in particular to thank for helping me get my creativity back after I lost it due to being picked on for it. And I, I can't express my gratitude enough. In fact, I got to I got to meet him and oh my God, such an incredible person. So kind. <laughs> what was your experience like meeting him? Oh my God, it felt like a dream. So do you want me to tell like, would it be okay if I told like the whole story of how it of happened? Of course. Yeah, I'm always like so intrigued. Anytime I've ever met anybody that I like <laughs> idolize, I never know what to say. So like mm-hmm. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> but well, let's just say mine probably won't be very helpful, but I did my best. It was just, I don't experience non-speaking episodes, which is something that feels very, you know, weird to me because it feels like everybody else in the autistic community does. But I feel like that time I came kind of close, but <laughs> I digress. Um, so my best friend and I, she's neurodivergent like me. She's a ADHD Um we took a road trip all the way from our hometown in Washington to Las Vegas to see Incubus for two nights in a row because during that leg of the tour, that was the closest that they'd get to Washington. And I'm like, I want to see them so badly. And she was just like, well, let's, why don't we just drive to Las Vegas? And so we drove to Las Vegas. But first night of the concert was awesome. Well, the second night I got to meet a bunch of my online friends in the fandom in person for the first time. We call ourselves the Incufam. And one of them, she's the mother of an autistic guy who's just two years younger than me. So she has like, she like understands some of the stuff that I experience and the way that I see the world and also how much my interests like Incubus bring me joy. Well, um, second day, like before the second night of the concert, she texted me. She was just like, Olivia, we have a surprise for you in all caps. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, I just, I just texted her back. We were at the, my bestie and I were at the Hoover Dam at the time. And, you know, she's like, you're not going to want to miss it in all caps. And I said, okay, so where should I meet you up and when? And she, you know, she said, head to the Mohegan Sun Casino near the venue at four o'clock. And so my friend and I, we get back from the Hoover Dam. We try to go to Omega Mart and it fails because the tickets sell out. So I'm kind of sad at first, but I have no idea what's coming. And we get to our hotel. We walk to the Mohegan Sun. We're kind of just chatting in a group, hanging out, all that stuff. It's it's awesome. I love hanging out with them. And my friend, Erica, she takes me by the hand and she tells me, you know, you're going to love it. And we just walk up to this area in front of the venue. She talks to me a little more, which I now know is to stall me. And then she says, look behind you. And Brandon is standing there, like he's walking towards me. And I'm like, <gasps> like a teenager. And the first question I asked was, can I hug you? And he said, yeah. And I just ran up to him and just oh, like gave him the biggest hug I've ever given anyone in my life. Oh my God, it felt surreal. Like. Sounds so exciting. I can like I can feel it. <laughs> wow. I was very stammery. Like I had trouble getting words out because of how excited I was. Like just so much happiness. I couldn't really put very many sentences together. But I, you know, one of the things I definitely told him was, was um, you inspired me to draw and sing again. And he he was acting like it was an honor to meet me. I'm like, I'm standing in front of my favorite rock musician who's loved by millions of people all over the world. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's amazing. It's so nice to meet you. And I'm like, you're acting like it's an honor to meet me. I'm just a little, I'm just a chubby little autistic fan girl. You're like, you're like an incredibly talented person who's inspired millions. But as time goes, you know, we chat a little more. And at one point, like, when I f- can't find words again, I just hug, I just hug him again. And I, I just blurt it out like a teenager. I'm like, I love you. Babe. And he's like, it's like, oh, I love you too. Thank you. And like, thinking about that, I'm like, that's a core memory. Like, that is something that I will never forget ever. Something that will make me smile every time. And my friends encouraged me to show him my drawings because you know I'd expressed for a while wanting to show the band members my art because I had made several fan pieces of them by then and so 
you know, I, I told him, I'm like, I have this weird little hobby where I'm, I'm big into cats and I draw them and I've drawn you and you and the guys as cats. And he said, that sounds amazing. And then I pull up a picture of the group, the first picture of the group that I did. And he was like, oh my Lord, that is incredible. And I was just like shaking, <laughs> like it didn't feel real. I was like vibrating. And then I scrolled over to a picture of Ben, the bassist, and he's like, I love this. Oh, my God. And then I scrolled through a picture I did of him singing a song of theirs from Morning View called um, Blood on the Ground. And he's like, I love that. And then this is so cool. I got to show the guy. He's your page. And I just I, I couldn't find words. Once again, I just kind of stammered it out and I just gave him a giant. I just gave him another hug. And um we went to the concert that night too. And my friends got me up to the rail, even though I didn't have, you know, a ticket for the floor. They, they managed, they told me just walk confidently by security, you know, act like, act like, you know, exactly what you're doing and they won't suspect a thing. And so walked up, we got to the rail. We were right in front of Mike, the guitarist, incredible guy, which I really hope to meet. Um, but we rocked out the whole night. Brandon even jumped over to the side of the stage that we were at and waved to all of us. And then afterwards, we attended an after party hosted by Incubus's DJ, Chris Kilmore. And it was a lot of fun. And I saw Ben, the bassist, out of the corner of my eye as I was bopping. And I looked at my friends. I'm like, should I approach him? And they're like, do it. <laughs> and so I did. And I was just like really nervous. I just kind of shuffled up to him sort of looking at my feet because I was really nervous but once I finally got the time you know I complimented him on his playing and you know said that he's an incredibly talented man and that you know I feel like he deserves a lot more love for what he does for the music and he was really kind and down to earth too and he signed my shirt and he also gave me a hug so yeah that was just amazing I They've, I, I can't really describe enough, like, how many positive memories I have because of them. And I feel like, you know, I've joked before that, that, you know, anybody who's the person who came up with the phrase, don't meet your heroes, like, I just want to walk up to them and just go bunk on the head, because it's like, you dirty, dirty liar. I love hearing about people's live music experiences because for me, it's so powerful, um, not only to like see your favorite band in concert, but be to, but to be surrounded by people who are just as passionate about the performer as you are know, and like having right? that community and like hearing the story about how they surprised you with meeting him, like how I that's amazing like I'm so happy for you that you found a group of people so supportive and like just that's so awesome I am so grateful for them too and I've thanked them a million times for that and so many other things and I've I've even made drawings of them as cats as little gifts <laughs> for them because you know I consider, at least in this respect, you know, I consider art to be a love language of sorts. Like, that's why I love, you know, making pictures, not only of my favorite band, but also of my friends and cat breeds and that I really like and other stuff. I do a lot of fan art, but I also do a lot of like portraits of pet cats and stuff like that. But um, I'm digressing a little bit here. Um, no worries. Well, I saw them for a third time in September of last year in Ridgefield, Washington. I'm from Washington. So this is about like an hour and a half from my hometown. And I brought like a folder with a drawing of each of the band members in it. And towards the end of it, like my, like Mike and Brandon kept looking at me and then they waved to me during a break between the encore and um, the main set. And then I held, <laughs> this is another core memory. Um, I held some of the pictures up, you know, only Brandon and Mike were in front of me where they could see them. So I held up a picture of Brandon that I drew and I saw him grin in the middle of singing Drive. And I just, that's another core memory. Just like the fact that it made him like smile ear to ear in the middle of singing <laughs> made Mike smile too. But afterwards, um, Jose, the drummer, he came up to the front of the stage and um, he grabbed the folder with the drawings that I had and he gave me a drumstick and I'm hoping to get the drumstick framed. <laughs> wow, wow, that's incredible. 
One of my favorite bands is the Foo Fighters. Oh and yeah, Foo Fighters are amazing. I have I a friend love, who loves them too. I love the Foo Fighters. R.I.P. Taylor Hawkin, like yeah. amazing, amazing drummer. And at one of their shows, I caught his drumstick. Awesome. I, I know the feeling of receiving a drumstick and it was Oh yeah. Unfortunately, I was in a big crowd of people and somebody stole it from me. But just I held Lovely. it. That was enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, felt the power of the tool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me too, like the time that we saw them in Las Vegas was shortly after Taylor's passing. And at the end of um at the end of night two of the concert, they projected a picture of Taylor onto the screen in the back and kind of ended like the heart hand symbol and some of my friends in the Inky fam really love Foo Fighters too. And some of them cried a little bit because yeah. it was an emotional experience. Yeah. Losing Taylor Hawkins was a big loss. So much talent. Yeah. I admire the Foo Fighters as well. Their, their style's a little different from what I usually listen to, but they are incredibly talented. And I mean, who doesn't love Dave Grohl? That's what right? I want to know. There's a reason why he's called the nicest guy in rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> love him. Oh, yeah. And uh, him and Brandon have actually met each other before. Oh, cool. Yeah, they were both performing at the VH1 um, Rock Honors in, I want to say, 2011. And it was meant to honor The Who. And so they were doing covers of The Who. Oh, and, I um, that. Yes. Oh, you did? I know what you're talking about. Yes. You did? Um, well, did you see Incubus's cover of I Can't Explain? I saw it was like a clip on YouTube. So I think mm -hmm. it was like only what the Foo Fighters performed. But now I'm interested to like go back and watch the whole thing because that sounds so cool. Well, there's a story behind that. Want me to share it? Yeah. So, you know, Incubus, they were only slated to perform I Can See for Miles at the time. But Dave, Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters were supposed to perform I Can't Explain, but then um, Dave was feeling a little under the weather and he had bitten off a bit more than he could chew. And so um, Incubus had to step in last minute, like their manager just told them, you're going to have to play this song last minute because they can't. And they were a bit like freaked out, like, we don't know how this song goes. And so they just had to get into their... They had to get into their trailer. They had to um, play it a couple times and then just sort of like go along with it by ear and then they did it on stage and they're just like you know did we do well enough I mean I'll let you decide when you watch it but I think they did a pretty damn good job especially considering that they had to learn it in such a short period of time like I I never would have known that if you know Brandon didn't talk about it on his blog and he keeps a blog too I always read it <laughs> that's so cool it's just like so amazing how powerful music is and like mm -hmm. how it just brings so many people together and the fact oh, yeah. that they were all there celebrating the who but yet oh, they yeah. were all their own like major big bands themselves oh absolutely in fact the guys even got to meet some of the people that were heroes to them like again like Dave Grohl being one of them but also like people in bands like Pearl Jam and stuff like that because like you know like my parents, they came of age in the era of grunge rock. And although they didn't, although they don't really, you know, have a grunge style to their own music, they were still very greatly inspired by grunge artists. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I honestly, you know, I can't express enough gratitude for the impact that they've had on me as an artist and as a person. I feel like they bring a lot of really kind people together. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing them for the fourth time soon, later this month, in uh, 16 days now, I think. Yeah, 16 days. And I posted, you know, I'm like, I'm, I can't wait to see you in Montana. I'm really, I'm really excited to, you know, rock out with you again, because this has been a chaotic time. So I'm very ready to let loose, sing, jump around, headbang. And they said, they replied, they're like, please let remind us that you are coming. And I'm like, Oh my. Like, wow, that's awesome. Like you have impacted them too. It doesn't feel real, you know. <laughs> it, it's sometimes it feels like I'm still living in this big, you know, crazy dream. Like I never thought that this would this kind of thing would ever happen. And to say that I'm grateful is an understatement. Like 
I really, I really can't emphasize it enough, especially not in words. To be honest, I hope I get to meet the other three members of the band and just I'll give them big hugs too. Are you planning to bring more art to that show to give to them? Uh, I might. I might. Um, I I don't want to give them too many of my pieces though. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to give too many, but I I am thinking about it a little bit. I do have some pieces like this is one of Brennan singing that I completed. Oh, it's blurry. Crap. How do I unblur this? Gosh darn it. Uh, I wanted to show it, but I guess the camera won't let me. But it's a portrait of Brandon as a cat. That's so cool. If you um want to take like a picture of it and send it to us afterwards, we'd love to see it. And also we can add it to our little post when we um, premiere this episode. Oh, there it is unblurred it i love it that's so cool thank you <laughs> thank you that's so and, like so much creativity like thank like you coming up with like putting together like your like two of like your special interests into like one picture that's so cool thank you so much can i show you another one yeah yes and this is mike um it's a video it's based on the music video for stellar it's a scene from the music video for stellar oh my gosh that's and cool oh sorry oh, sorry alex for listeners um we can we'll add pictures to the post mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like what we're seeing right now mm-hmm. so yeah. cool i was just curious to know what is your chosen medium to create the pictures I use markers and pigment pens and gel pens. I love um, Copic markers. I've like saved up for years and years to get the number of markers I have now because they are not cheap, but trust me, they're really good quality and absolutely worth it. But yeah, I think over the years I spent like $600 on markers and that doesn't even include my pigment pens that I use for outlining or the gel pens that I use for like accents and covering up little mistakes and stuff. But I love marker. Just something about marker has always had a piece of my heart. I feel like it, I, I like my art to look very cartoony. I like, you know, the look of classic cartoons that I watched from Disney when I was a kid, like Lady and the Tramp, the Aristocats, etc. I I love Jamie Hewlett's art from Gorillas. In fact, Gorillas and the storyline of it was a special interest of mine for several I years. I love gorillas. Me too. I, I saw them last year for the second time in September and they were incredible. That's so I've always wanted to see them. That's awesome. I hope you get to see them because yeah. the live experience is amazing, especially the visuals. But classic Disney movies, Jamie Hewlett's art, um, Miyazaki Hayao, um, JG Quintel, the creator of Regular Show, which I was obsessed with for many years. And um Walter Lance, the creator of Woody Woodpecker, and um, William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, the creators of Tom and Jerry, like those are among the people that inspire me artistically. I love whimsical, cartoony art with like nice, smooth coloring and sharp, clean lines and stuff like that. I have a question, but first I want to make sure, are you ready to move on or is there any last thoughts or things you want to share about Incubus? Because next I really want to ask you a couple questions more about your art. Um, a last thing that I want to, you know, bring up is I feel like this just really shows how important that music is for creativity and mental health. And, you know, I know so many other autistic people who have a particular artist that really resonates with them or a genre that really resonates with them. And I just I can't emphasize enough how important it is, you know, for all of us. And I feel incredibly grateful for, you know, not only for the fact that they've had such an incredible impact on me as a person and an artist, but that they're not just, you know, amazing, talented artists, but also very, very kind people. And that's something rare these days. It's truly special. So when you come across that, those kind of people, you can't help but just feel incredibly grateful, very happy, very, you know, I don't want to sound like cheesy or anything, but I'd also say blessed is a fitting word here. Definitely. Thank you so much for all that you've shared. I really feel the joy of your experience talking about them. And I really recognize how much they've impacted your life. So thank you so much for that. And of course. 
You're yeah. And so next, mm-hmm. I was wondering about your art and about the process uh-huh. of you making one of your creations because they are oh, so yeah. cool. Oh yeah. Mind if I give you a little like backstory to like everything? Um, yes. So I've been drawing since I was very little. Like I can remember like as soon as I was able to hold like a crayon or a marker or something, I've been drawing. And drawing to me has always been a love language. Like it's always been a way that I express my appreciation for, you know, people and things that make me happy. It's therapeutic you know I really focus very strongly on it and I love working on like the little details that make a picture pop and it's just it's fun like there's just something fun about it that you know that I cannot that I always that I always enjoy that always you know makes me feel really happy like there's nothing that gives me the same feeling that making a new picture does but um, yeah, I've been drawing since I was very little. Um, I wanted to be a professional comic artist or create my own cartoon for several years. Then when I reached high school and took an art class, I got bullied in that class nonstop for both my art style and my taste in music. Like people didn't stop berating me for the fact that, you know, I didn't want to draw humans. I didn't want to draw realistically. I just wanted to draw, you know, cartoon style. And I wanted to draw like birds and cats and stuff like that. And for a while, like for a while, the words of those people echoed in my head and I just couldn't shake them. Like, even if I opened up my, my diary to just draw for myself, like I wouldn't be able to. And again, you know, going back to earlier, that's why I have Incubus to thank for inspiring me to draw again, because both their lyrics and, you know, Brandon's wisdom on his creative process, they gave me the confidence to draw and share my drawings again. And it's so, it's so freeing being able to create again and find a community that appreciates my art for what it is, you know, (sighs) but um, as for my process of making a picture, When it comes to a pet cat, I'll just look at a reference photo. And a lot of people use pre-made color palettes, but I just kind of choose what color I feel is best as I go along. I have a giant rack of markers and I organize them in the order of a rainbow. So that makes things helpful. (laughs) But I first sketch it in very light pencil. Sketching is a very messy, messy part of the process like sometimes it feels like I'm almost just BSing my way through the picture like I even do it to like the beat of the music I'm listening to as I'm drawing and after pencil sketch once I'm satisfied with it you know I tweak it erase it and stuff I outline it in pigment pen this is my this is my beloved outlining pen Stadler pigment liner 1.2 millimeters if anybody's curious but it gives like the nice, smooth, sharp, clean black lines that I really like. I also have pigment pens and other different colors for other types of outlining or stuff that's, you know, more detailed. After I outline it, I have to wait for the ink to dry. So I usually blow on it a little or maybe listen to some more music. And then I erase the underlying pencil markings and then I color it in. And the, uh, I, when it comes to humans as cats, I choose the breed and color pattern of cat based on their personality and the way that they look. So it's always a little bit of, you know, that's another way that I work my interest in cats into my passion for drawing. That's so cool. Do you have a favorite cat to draw slash do you just have a favorite cat in general? Oh, yeah. I love the I love the family of breeds known as the Siamo Oriental family. I, th- this includes the Siamese, the Balinese, the Oriental short hair, and the Oriental long hair. Are you familiar with these breeds? Somewhat. Yes. Yeah. 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 But um, I showed you that picture of Brandon. I made him a Oriental long hair and color patterns called chocolate mackerel tabby in white. And That's my. Cool. And Mike, I made him a I made him a Devon Rex, and his color pattern is called Cream Classic Tabby. <laughs> Speaking of cats, Kiwi is back. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Kiwi. Can you tell us more about your cat, Kiwi? Absolutely. Um, so Kiwi is my oh, no, you can't sit on the keyboard. <laughs> she turned the camera off. Wow, she doesn't want to be on the air, I guess. <laughs> 
So Kiwi is my registered emotional support animal. She helps with my anxiety and my sensory needs because I'm a sensory seeker who needs a lot of touch. That's part of why I like hugs so much. But if I can't, you know, get hugs or like that kind of touch or pressure from other people, Kiwi helps by cuddling me. She loves to burrow under the blankets and lay on my belly or legs and purr herself to sleep. She also gives sandpapery kisses. And she's very talkative. Like she'll look me in the eye and meow in different tones of voice, depending upon what she wants. And she res- she knows her name. Like she'll respond to it. She loves um, ball toys, especially like those crinkly foil balls and spongy sparkly balls. She'll chase them and bat them around. And she plays fetch like a dog. <laughs> I love that. She is, she will be five years old in September of this year. I I adopted her when she was one and a half years old in April of 2020 from a foster home. And this, you know, my parents knew I needed an emotional support animal and that, you know, a cat would be the best fit for me. So we looked for months on shelter websites and every cat we applied for was just snapped right up immediately. Like it was during the whole pandemic pets boom, if you know what I mean. So it took months and, you know, then we found Kiwi, her listing and her description sounded perfect. Very affectionate, clingy kitty, talkative, goofy, little sassy. So we applied to meet her and it turns out I was one of like more than 20 people that applied to meet her and I was the one who got to meet her. And as soon as soon as we, um, traveled to meet the foster home mother like kiwi was scared i mean she was in a carrier she had driven a long distance but she purred and gave me an affectionate little headbutt even though she was nervous in that moment i was just like you are my cat i am taking you home it's so funny how people will say that cats will like choose their owners it's really like that's what happened to you you guys are meant to be A hundred percent. I don't know what I'd do without her. She's, she's my best friend in the universe. I, she makes me so happy. I mean, she, she turns off the camera again. (laughs) She can make no pictures, please. (laughs) She, she can be a little bit of a pain in the butt sometimes, not going to lie. Like, you know, sitting on the keyboard, scream meowing at me at 7 a.m. because she wants an early breakfast Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) or trying to eat things that she shouldn't like I don't know why but she's intrigued by ice cream like whenever I'm trying to eat ice cream she will just sniff it and sniff it and try to get a lick of it and I have to go like this I have to go no 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 I have to do ice cream gymnastics (laughs) to keep her from eating it but no matter what i i love her like she's my child i don't i love her with my whole heart and i'm so grateful to have her in my life she she's a mixed breed cat like 90% of pet cats in america are mixed breed cats are referred to colloquially as domestic short hairs or domestic long hairs so they're not any particular breed they're like a feline mutt and her color pattern is called calico tabby or tortoise shell tabby in white. Both are correct, but you know, you hear people use different ones based on preference. That means that she has stripes of black and red on most of her body and a splash of white. And the white goes from her chin all the way down to her lower belly. I call the white on her chin her Santa beard. <laughs> yeah. That is so cute. She she's special. She is really special. And she has a triple layer coat too. So she feels like a stuffed animal when you're petting her. Like her coat's kind of plushy because it's really dense. I kind of want to, I'm curious about your cats. I'm surprised they haven't turned up. (laughs) My cat is laying in the laundry basket right now, but I'll get him. Oh, Alex, where are your cats at? (laughs) My cats during the day, they like to hide like under the Mm. bed or like yeah closet so I think that's where they're at right now but I have um I have two cats Benny nice cat Benatar and (laughs) Milo um and Milo is Benny's uncle oh that's cute (laughs) yeah they're fun Milo's a lot more shy than Benny I might be able to get Benny over here (laughs) so this is Onyx oh hello handsome he's a mixed He's a solid black, a mixed breed domestic long hair. Yep. 
How old is he? He actually just turned five um, last oh. month. So not yeah, that so similar not that far to ahead of you. Kiwi. Yeah, I got him um, right like a few months after you know he was born from mm-hmm. someone that was sheltering him, and I was kind of chosen to. There was someone else that was going to come look at him that day, and mm-hmm. generally, like anytime I've ever gotten a pet. Um, you know, you don't usually bring them home the day that you see them, but I was able to, and we've just, yeah, been together ever since. I also brought Kiwi home the day that I first met her. So oh. it sounds like, it sounds like we both found, you know, our feline soulmates. We sure did. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Hi. This has turned a- into a cat meeting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Your kitty's got a lopsided mustache. Yes. Yeah. His original name was Two Face. Like we adopted him <laughs> like really little. But Aww, I think that's it would be so fun for us to get a picture with all of our cats. Oh my gosh, that okay. would be fun. Okay. Kiwi's laying down. I'll see if I if I oh, can figure out. Oh, come on, honey bun. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Aw. Well, I'll take a screen grab from this. So oh my gosh, I love Onyx so much. <laughs> Aww. all right good <laughs> all right, you can go here I'll put you back now they're all like okay now I gotta go away for a little bit <laughs> she's yeah she's still sitting on the desk oh cats are a lot of fun their personalities are very funny oh yeah definitely kiwi she'll find me when I'm drawing and then just plop down on my sketchbook when I'm in the middle of creating a picture and I'm like really cat now but then she starts purring and giving me kisses and slow blinking and I'm like okay I'll let you do it I love you too and then just give her a hug she loves she loves being hugged she loves getting kisses on her forehead I've done that ever since I adopted her give her kisses on the forehead and, and she just She's a cuddle bug, and that's one of the reasons why she's so perfect for me. She gives me, like, the touch input that I need to feel comforted and reassured. I just, I like feeling needed. I like feeling like I have a cat, you know, an animal that I can really spoil and nurture and be there for. And Kiwi gives me that sense of purpose and being. And that's very important to me, especially as somebody who struggles with depression sometimes. I, I hear you and I definitely relate to that as well. Thank you for sharing that with us. Of course. <laughs> and yeah, em- emotional support animals can do a world of good for autistic people and so many other neurodivergent people. And I really can't stand the fact that so many people think cats are just these cold, grouchy, aloof creatures who only think of humans as their servants. Because I mean, <laughs> if only they met Kiwi, like if they had a cat, sleeping on top of them and knowing when they're sad and giving them cuddles and like purring and slow blinking and rolling around and even sleeping with their belly up because they feel so safe around you just they'd realize how truly special cats are it's just that cats are like cats are like autistic people they have their own sensory they have specific sensory needs they have you know their own unique way of seeing the world and I feel like not enough people are educated on feline behavior and body language like a lot of people seem to assume that cats should act the same way that a dog does when it comes to body language and stuff so that's another reason why I feel like cats are the neurodivergence pet world because not everybody fully takes the time to understand them the way they should you know what I you know does that make sense yes 100 percent I've said that so many times (laughs) as well. Like, I mean, if you see a dog wagging its tail, you usually think, oh yeah, the dog's happy. But if you see a cat lashing its tail, someone will assume the cat's happy and then the cat will run away or pull away or if it's really overstimulated, even bite or swat maybe. And it's like a lashing tail and a cat is not happiness. A cat with a lashing tail is overwhelmed or scared or irritated and needs to be left alone Mm -hmm. that and also you know if a dog shows you its belly then rub it you know dog wants belly rubs but if a cat shows you its belly it's a gesture that means I trust you but it doesn't mean that they want their bellies touched because being both predators and prey in the wild historically their bellies are a very vulnerable area so that's why 
if with many cats, not all, but with many, if you touch their belly, that they'll get like startled or feel Mm. uncomfortable. I think cat language, I'm fascinated by it. Like just Mm -hmm. cat body language and like, oh yeah. Like I learned uh, from TikTok, like slowly closing your eyes shows like you're, you feel safe. And so yes, like, oh, way to communicate with my cats. Yeah, it's, it's, I've heard other people compare slow blinking to basically blowing a kiss. Aww. Yeah, I've heard that too. I also learned recently that like, as when they're kittens that their mother will like lick their butt to like show them how to like use the bathroom so as a human you can blow on their butt so recently every time (laughs) so every time (laughs) onyx walks by i blow on his butt i'm like okay go to the bathroom (laughs) i i didn't know that but i do know that that's the reason why she shows me her butt all the time like i'll wake up and her butt's like this close to my face and i'm like no thank you just gently <laughs> nudge her away yeah it's become kind of silly in my household <laughs> yeah yeah cats I mean, are fascinating they truly are did you did, did you also know that um cats that they can't really see shades of like red oh interesting they, oh I didn't they, know that their their color vision mostly is just shades of green and yellow and blue they can't really see shades that are red or red adjacent in fact they kind of just look muddy brown in fact with you know people with white skin like us they'd probably perceive our skins that it has a pinkish tone of actually having a bit more of a yellowish tone mm, that is so interesting I did learn the other day that they their vision, I don't know how to explain this exactly, but basically like if you're showing something on TV, they see it frame by frame. They don't see a continuous picture because they need like higher, I forget the word for it, but they need like more frames per second than like a human does. Oh, so their their eyes are adapted to faster movement. So yeah. To speak. Mm, so cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Not, that's- that's not something I really knew about. So I guess I learned wow. something new today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cats. I love learning. <laughs> I try to, in fact, for like with their color vision, for this reason, I always try to buy Kiwi toys and colors that I know that she can see. And I kind of, uh-huh. you know, be, because she's named after a fruit that's green inside, I, I, I like to get her accessories that are green. Her collar and collar tag are green and a lot of her toys are green. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I could just continue talking about cats all day, but I also (laughs) want to respect your time, Olivia. And so do you mind if we ask you a couple more questions to wrap up the episode and then we can chat afterwards as well? Absolutely. Awesome. So once again, thank you for everything that you've shared. I've really resonated with a lot. I've learned a lot. It's been really fun to listen to to your interests and all about Mm -hmm. music and everything. It's been really, really cool. So thank you. And um, I just was wondering, since you are autistic, what is something that you love about yourself? And um, we like to call it like an autistic glimmer. Oh my, definitely loving to learn, like just having a passion for knowledge and using that knowledge to make the world a better place. I feel like that's the big superpower, so to speak, that autistic people have and that I feel like neurotypicals should recognize and appreciate more. Yeah. What what about you guys? I agree. I love to learn about like almost anything like I oh, would yeah. <laughs> something that I would be like I don't want to learn about that like <laughs> especially like learning from people who are so passionate about like things they love like I I love learning mm-hmm. so much yeah oh yeah, yeah I agree and such a blessing thank you for asking us that back as well I think that's really yeah. cool to be able to respond I will say that I used to not like to learn but now that I know how I learn I love learning so much like about myself about anything and everything that makes sense I mean sometimes you just need to find like the way that suits you the best yes exactly and I mean considering that you guys are late diagnosed I can understand how that would you know take some time and sort of 
figuring yourself out, so to speak. Meanwhile, I guess I'm kind of, you know, I'm a bit of a rarity when it comes to autistic women because I was diagnosed at only five years old. Wow. And we'd love to learn more about that experience. Maybe we can have you yeah. on again if you're open to talking more about that. I'm also very curious to learn more about the multiple languages that you know <laughs> and about your passion for Japan. I've been recently learning a lot about Japan, kind of funny enough, but um, <laughs> so I'd love to hear like everything that you know about that as well. So you definitely should come back sometime. Next time, let's talk about Japan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and is there anywhere that you um, can share with our listeners where they can connect with you, find you, um, maybe where they can find your art and all that? I am on Instagram um, at Olivia period short hair. Short hair is one word, like referring to a short hair cat. Um, it's the same username on the new Threads platform, aka Instagram, Twitter, as I like to call it. And I'm just Olivia short hair, no period between just Olivia short hair on Deviant Art. So those are my those are the platforms I use the most, and I'm especially grateful to have met so many of the people I have on Instagram. In fact, that's how I found you guys. Awesome. And we will include that information in the bio and information about this episode. Um, thank you yeah. so much again for being here, taking the time and sharing the space with us. Any last, any last words that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, I guess you could, I guess if I have any advice to my fellow autistics, I just want to say, don't let anybody say that your special interests are bad or cringe or anything like that. Don't listen to anybody who says that. Love what you love. Do it passionately. And autistic joy is something beautiful and you deserve to feel it. You deserve to feel happiness from your interests and from your favorite things. And don't let anybody else say any, any differently or change that. Thank you so much, Olivia. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for all the <laughs> info you provided us with. It's been so much fun. And that's all for today, everyone. We'll catch you next week with another new episode. Thank Bye. you. Thank you so much.